All right, ladies and gentlemen, the sound of that banjo can only mean one thing, and it's yet another episode of Three Beers In. My name is Dom, and it is episode 149 of this show, and I would like to welcome you all humbly uh, to this podcast. And uh, today I'm going to be drinking a stout called the Big Gruesome Chocolate Peanut Butter Stout from Springhouse Brewing Company. Is this Brewing Company? Yeah, Springhouse Brewing Company out of Pennsylvania. And uh, I'm really excited to do this one because I've been on a great run of stouts. And I hope I can continue that. It comes in a little can here. Bring that open. And uh, the cool thing about this little this brewery is they got a theme. They got a... Um, oh, excuse me. They got a beer called Spinal Remains, which is the song of a uh, a Misfits song. If you're into the Misfits and Glenn Danzig and all that jazz... Um, he went on to do a band called Sam Hain and then on to do a band called Danzig. Uh, you know, there's the history behind that. Uh, and Spinal Remains is a song, I think, off the Static Age album. Anyway, I'm a Misfits fan, but um, nonetheless, in the meantime, I am drinking uh, Pumpkin from, excuse me, from Southern Tier. Um, it was brought to me by a friend, and I shall partake. I just had a... Dogfish had pumpkin before that. He brought me two pumpkin beers, and uh, this is the third pumpkin beer of the season I've had personally, and uh, they're pretty darn good. Mm. So cheers. Oh, is that still playing? Sorry about that. Pumpkin's a little bit sweeter. So, yeah, I'm a little nervous about this stout, being that it's a chocolate peanut butter stout. I'm I'm just going to be open-minded, and if it's way too sweet, I'm just going to... Maybe that'll be the uh, defining factor when it comes to that, but we'll see. First things first, before I start the show ent entirely, I would like to congratulate Eric and his wife, Tara. Today, they welcome to the world a beautiful baby girl, and it is a, such a wonderful thing, and I want to wish them congratulations, uh, because I know how great it is to have a, a baby, and now they're sharing in that same joy, and uh, she was born today at, 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 at I think, 2.28 in the afternoon. Such wonderful stuff. So a round of applause and, and in the welcoming of their child uh, to to the world. And one day maybe she can have craft beer with us. You know, Eric, he was on the show. He was a really fun treat to have on this show. Uh, great opinions and a good beer mind, a good palate. And uh, we miss him. But he's doing great and, he's, and he's, he has a baby, which is really fantastic. So congratulations to them. This is really, really wonderful. I'm really, really excited to, to be here, I'm still alive, okay? The, the cough is somewhat completely gone. I still can't hear out of my left ear, but that's that's fine. I could I could still drink, and we're going to keep plowing through. And, and um, you know, hopefully hopefully by uh, by next week, I'll be 100%. <coughs> this was a rough one. This, this was a rough cold, let me tell you. It really kicked my ass. It kicked the whole family. The whole house is ill. My baby's still coughing a little bit. But nonetheless, we're good to go. So, I mean, the the show last week seems so long ago, but it really wasn't, you know, but but nonetheless, I bottled the beer, which was great. It's right here in front of me. I ended up with 41 bottles out of the five-gallon batch, and the reason is because I spilt a whole bunch during the boil. Not during the boil, but when I was transferring the, the, the um, when I was transferring it to the ice tub, I'd lost a bunch. And then when I was uh, transferring from 
the fermenter to the bottling bucket. I, I spilled a shit ton on myself. Very sticky. Um, but, but you know, so just to, uh, to, to start it off, um, it, it, it was a bit of a complicated process because it was the first time I did it. And I was trying to pay such close attention, such, such close attention to making sure everything stayed sanitary and stuff. I just made sure that, um, you know, uh, that no, I, I tried my best to make sure that no germs get in there because when I cracked open, this was a big moment of truth because this is the first time I opened the bucket since uh, I capped it, since I checked the temperature um, like a week or two after the fermentating, the fermentation process began. So I popped it open. I was looking for signs of what I thought would be clear cut infection. I don't know what infection looks like. I don't know what anything really looks like. But I think like if you would you would notice if something seemed off. So I popped that cap. Uh, I got a rush of this this pale ale smell, this this IPA smell. And that was really great. I mean, it really made me feel good about myself. Not about myself, but about the process that like I didn't completely fail, that I will end up hopefully with a product that'll taste somewhat like beer. That was kind of like what I wanted going in. So what did I do? I, I had in my head, like, listen, you got, you have 48 bottles, 48 12-ounce bottles that you have to sanitize, you have to clean. I have the the tubing, the equipment. I have all this stuff. Where am I going to put it all to to sanitize it? Like, where am I going to place all these things to sanitize? Also, Because you need... You need at least, um, I think, uh, what is it, uh, five gallons of water to give you an ounce of the Star Sand sanitizer. So I was like, you know what, fuck this. I went to the hardware store, the local hardware store, and I purchased a gigantic, like, 30-gallon Tupperware, not Tupperware, but, like, storage container, right? And I was like, yeah, we find the lid. He goes, I don't know if there's a lid, man, sorry. So whatever, it was cost me, like, 15 bucks for this big fucking plastic thing. And what I did was I filled it with 10 gallons of water, 10 gallons of water, and then I did two ounces of the star sand solution, mixed it up, got a good foam. I read in the, everywhere, every forum, don't fear the foam. I didn't fear the foam. I had everything ready to go. I had everything soaking. Everything had to soak for, it said, for at least five minutes uh, in order for it to be um, sanitized, not sterilized, but sanitized. And uh, I had a, I also had purchased a, I don't even know how what, what you call it. It's like a bottle cleaner thing where it's like a, a it's it's a a, a kaplunkle on a spring that you pushunga and it shoots up sanitizer into the bottle and flarfs it out into the bottom uh the the bucket that it's in if that makes any sense god bless you but nonetheless uh what i had was the bottle soaking and then i kaplungered the bottle before i filled it up so you know just to not to get too far ahead of myself a part of me getting the pro it, it took a while for me to do this because I didn't have a proper game plan, right? I didn't think ahead of the time, like what I'm going to do. So at one point I was just like, you know what? Fuck this. I just got to do something. Let's just roll, you know? So that's when I filled the thing with the water. I threw everything in there, sanitizing everything, the whole, the, the capper, all the cap. I threw all the caps in there, which is a big fucking mistake because I was digging around for them when I was capping the beer. I should, next time I'm going to get just a little bowl, fill it with the star sand that's in there already because it's, because it's sanitizer. And I'll just leave the caps over there. So, you know, I'm learning from the mistakes that I made this time around, especially when it came time to transfer the beer from the fermenter to the bottling bucket. I, I started the auto siphon. As what I did was I had to find a surface area for, for me to do all this stuff. Now, there's a lot of people that do this stuff in a very small place. 
Uh, for me, I'm I'm pretty. I'm not going to say I'm clumsy, but I'm definitely lazy. And I'm not going to I'm, I'm if I feel cramped and I feel like things become too tedious, I get frustrated very quickly. So I was doing all of this in the laundry area and I was using the dryer as like a pl- like a, a place to put the uh, fermenting bucket. And then I had beneath, of course, because now it's on an elevation and then beneath it was the bottling bucket where I had the tube kind of like lined up and then I started pumping the auto siphon and the tube just fell right out. And beer just started flowing all over me. I mean, it smelled fantastic. But after that one, like a, a solid minute of smelling like fresh beer, it was, I, I smelt like a bar kind of like at closing time, you know, without the hint of urine and vomit. So, you know, it, it quickly turned. But nonetheless, I filled up that bottling bucket, uh, you know. What was left at the bottom of my fermenting bucket was the most horrifying thing I may have ever seen in my life. Because if you didn't know what it was, you would swear that it's just, it was two pounds and three inch thick of just human excrement. It looked like, I'm sorry if you you guys are eating dinner right now, you know, with the family, because I know this is a family show, but it looked like flaming diarrhea. But it smelled like beer, which was great. But cleaning that shit out was just a fucking disaster, okay? If you don't have like a high powered hose, you're screwed. I'm out there scooping shit and throwing it into a tree, okay? And it's 30 degrees outside. It was it was it was abhorrent. It was terrible. But anyway, I ended up cleaning up and everything. But bottling bucket, the beer looked incredible when it got into the bottling bucket because you're you're filtering out. Well, you're not filtering out, but you're 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 emptying it into the bucket and you're leaving the sediment behind. So it had a beautiful color to it. Um, it just got, I got more and more excited as I went along <clears throat> because what was happening was I was seeing a, a finished product. I was seeing something good, you know? Oh yeah. Before I bottled, before I put it in the bottling bucket, I had to, um, I had to boil some water and sugar. I had four and a half ounces of sugar to add it to the beer in order for once it's bottled, the yeast that's already in there activates again, eats the sugars that's in the bottles, and it carbonates the drink. That's how you that's how you carbonate the drink. I, I think there's also a way for you to artificially carbonate it. Uh, I haven't gotten that far ahead, but I, you know, as I learn and do these things, I will share it with you guys because I think it's important because it's a part of the beer journey. And um, bottled everything that that took a while because uh, I need to get. Um, like crates for the, to hold the bottles in because everything was being held in these plastic, uh, not plastic, in the cardboard boxes that the bottles came in and everything was getting very wet because the sanitizing solution foams up quite a bit and it's okay, it's safe to consume and everything like that. It's built for this. It's built for breweries and restaurants and stuff. You consume it and you don't even know it. So um, what happens is it foams up quite a bit in order for that foam to go away the beer has to overflow out of the bottle, and when you remove the wand, the bottling wand, what happens is, because I'm holding a bottle right here, the beer fills up exactly to, like, that point that you see pretty much in every single uh, bottle of beer that um, that you come across. So the bottling thing went great. Capping it was easy, you know. Um, a little tedious because I couldn't find the caps in the bucket, the giant bucket with everything in it. But nonetheless, I got everything filled up and capped, and uh, you know, I lost a bit from the mistakes that I made in terms of the boiling. Like I think I kept uh, a lid off of the boil part portion way too much because I think I lost a lot in terms of 
what I could have gotten uh, that was boiled off. Um, I did sparge the the malts a little bit, which is sparging is when you take water and just run rinse it over the malts that you're or the grains that you're seeping in the beer beforehand. So that gave me a little bit more water, and I also added I think a gallon of water afterwards. But nonetheless, um, what ended up happening was instead of getting fifty three beers, I got forty one. And that's a pretty big fall off from what you're expecting in terms of, you know, what you're paying for and stuff. So, yeah, that's that's scrumptious. Pump King. A little bit of a medicinal taste at the end, but still good. Anyway, I was just so excited now. It's a waiting game. I'm a little concerned because the yeast has to activate in there, and I think it's 60 degrees down here right now because we had that freeze. We had that fucking cold front coming through. It's still not too bad in this part of the basement, but it says that the yeast activates at like 64 to 72 degrees. So if if by, um, what is it? If by, what is it, November 25th, I think? Or by November 20, uh, November 23rd to be ready. I'll have it when I come back from Aruba. So November um, November 25th is when I'll try to crack these open. If there's no carbonation, I, I'll know why. I'll know, and if it tastes a little sweet, I'll know why. Another thing, too, I tasted it when it was done. Like when I was finished, kind of like filling everything up, I gave it a little taste. It's just a really bitter double IPA. Uh, it had a little bit of a sweetness to it because the priming sugar wasn't, you know, the yeast didn't eat it yet. So it was still, it, it had a sweetness to it. That was completely uh, not part of the finished product. But what I had was a really bitter ale. So, you know, success, I think. We'll see. Once we can get these bottles open, we'll find out. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to give this to anybody if it, if it doesn't taste good, you know, or at least drinkable, just to show people that it is a, it is a possibility that you can indeed uh, brew beer if you want to. But um, it's a, excuse me, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Really, really excited about it, and I really hope that. And now I, I figured I, I wanted to. I was really tempted to do a uh, Niepa New England style IPA for my next beer, but you know what? I really want to crawl before I walk, so I'm going to do just a pale ale next. Uh, I even thought about doing a Kolsch, but I'm like, let me not get too far ahead of myself because I think I would be. I want to build my confidence up a little bit. I think I would be pretty devastated if I go to make one of these beers expecting like, okay, I had a great result the first time. I'm going to expect a great result the second time, and I think it would. I would. I don't want to let myself down. So I'm just going to do another pale ale to uh, to you know just to to get my feet wet, so to speak, and to um to just you know. To get that experience of doing it, I want to try to do it in a in a in a better time than I've been doing it. I mean, it took me four hours to bottle the shit, and a lot of it was just me trying to figure it out. Now I got a little bit of a process; so it'll be a lot easier. But the other thing I wanted to talk about before we uh, dive deep into the beer news and rev- uh, beer news and reviews was Disney Plus, ladies and gentlemen. The game has forever been changed by the Disney company people. Disney Plus, if you haven't heard, has come out, and it is for six ninety nine a month for now, because I don't see how they can't raise the price on something like this. The whole world has purchased it, not for their children, but for themselves. That's right. Every adult that has Disney Plus says they'll show Mickey Mouse to their child, but everyone knows they're watching Sandlot and Brink and all of these movies from our childhood. And if you're a part of the older demographic, all the movies from your childhood are there, too, okay? And if you're an old fart, Steamboat Mickey is on there, too, okay? Everything that you can imagine under the sun of Disney is on this thing. And it takes Netflix 
and just puts it to shame with the amount of content. I mean, why would I, I look, if you're not a Disney fan, okay, I get it, but you got Marvel on there. All the fucking Marvel movies are on there, the comic book movies. You got every Star Wars on there, every Star Wars show, and a new Star Wars show exclusively on there. You got the Simpsons movie on there, and I, I'm pretty sure like all the fucking Simpsons are on there, dude. Every Disney movie ever created, Pixar movies out the wazoo, there is so much content on this platform, on this streaming service, that you will literally just, you could just, you could lose yourself in it. Now, you got Netflix, who puts out the sequels of the movies that we like, right? You'll see, like, Men in Black 3. Okay, I'm lying. They do have Men in Black 1 on there. But they'll have, like, Ocean's... Th okay, they do have Ocean's 11 on there. But, I mean, they're starting to come around to it. They'll have, like, Rat Race 2, where Mr. Bean isn't even in it. John Cleese isn't in it. But the guy who was in American Pie or whatever is in it, you know, like... Who the fuck, who cares, you know? So they'll put out these these boring titles. They do have some great original shows and stuff like that. That's great and all that jazz, great. Disney with The Mandalorian, which is a Star Wars show. They're killing it with that right now. This is just a taste of what's to come. And, 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 and not even what's to come, but what is is enough. What is is enough for you? I would, I thought, I was like, I might cancel the Netflix. I might actually cancel the Netflix. Now, you know, am I doing Netflix justice right now? No, of course, there's great content on there. They got great shows and stuff like that. But this is a game changer. This is this is huge. We're talking grade A titles through and through. Like, is it grade A? Whatever it is. The, the, like, five-star titles, man. Through and through. Even the bad Disney shit's on there. Except the Song of the South, which I heard was overtly racist, but I don't know any details about it. But nonetheless, everything you can imagine, Disney and Fox... It's just on there. Every, like, Gargoyles, the show, X-Men, the show, everything. They got it all. And that, 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 that's fucking great. And, like, you know, it, it's going to bite. It's going to take a chunk out of Netflix's market share a bit. And Amazon Prime, I mean, their, I mean, their, their platform, yeah, you're able to rent movies that are, that are class A titles and, and stuff that's rather new. But, like, who wants to rent? You're going to pay $4.99. To, to rent Toy Story 4, but who knows, in a month or two, it might be just on Disney Plus, and you're paying $6.99 a month for it. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. You got Wreck-It Ralph on there, everything. I can't even name it, because I'm not as, I'm not like a Disney fanboy like that, but my sister is huge into Disney, and I know people that make religious, like, it's like going to Mecca to go to Disney. Like, it's like a religious experience for people to go to Disney. You know, that's why I bring up Mecca, uh, because that's a, a, a rite of passage to go to the Holy Land and stuff. And, and that's for, for people here. To go to Disney is the Holy Land. You know, it's a magical kingdom and everything is there. So I, would, I just wanted to tell you, I'm into it. I started watching that Star Wars show. I am not a like I am a Star Wars fan, but I am not a fanatic. OK, I'm not into it like some people that I know are. But just watching that show was fucking great. I mean, it's the best show I've seen in a long time since the session, really. You know, Watchmen I tried getting into, and it's it's good, but there's so much weird that's going on. And um, I know that the guy who created The Leftovers created this show, too. The Leftovers weird was a lot easier to accept because it was kind, it was kind of like teetering on the edge of reality and, and mythology. This had squids falling from the sky, so... You know, no spoiler alert there. You just got to watch the show to see it. So Disney Plus, 
I mean, I, I'm, I, I know for a fact that, so what they've done with this show, The Mandalorian, which is a Star Wars show about the Mandalorian people, they look like uh, Boba Fett. If you've ever seen Star Wars, you'll know, everyone knows who Boba Fett is. So they didn't release all the episodes right off the bat. They kind of put it in a way so that you couldn't power watch it. And they're going to release the episodes weekly. Which I kind of like because, you know, a lot of people power watch so, you know, aggressively and it kind of can spoil things for people. So I like mean, the fact that they're putting this thing under a little bit of a wraps right now, I think is an interesting uh, way to go about it. And um, it kind of gives you that premium channel feel like you have to wait till next week to watch it like you do on HBO and Showtime and stuff like that. So that's really neat. And uh, I, I'm really, really ha happy that I got on board with the with the Disney Plus. And uh, what else? So next week I'm going to Aruba. By this time next week I will be in an island paradise. Uh, as it's getting closer, I'm getting a little nervous, you know, because uh, I've said it many times on on here before. I'm not a big fan of flying, and um, it's going to be a long flight. It's going to be the longest flight I've ever been on. And uh, I've never been in another country, so that's also a thing. And I also suffer from a severe case of swamp ass everywhere I go, and it's going to be hot there. You know, right now it's great weather for me here because I could get to, I could be cool. Down there, it's going to be hot everywhere I go, and there's going to be a wedding on the beach. I'm going to have to wear pants for that. So that's going to be interesting. But I am excited, and I'm welcoming it, and I'm just trying to take that excitement. I'm trying to take that nervousness, the nervous energy that I have, and turn it into positive energy because I think that's very important. But I'm pretty excited to go down there uh, with my wife. It's going to be really, really nice with with my friends and, and to witness a, a wedding there is going to be really cool too. Um, what else do I got to talk about? What else? Uh, I think that's it. I think we can move on to the next part. Uh, hang on one second here. Okay, I cracked open one of these stouts before I get into the... Oh, the hop. The hop of the week. Fuck. Let me spin this wheel. Hang on a second. And the hop this week we have is Southern Brewer, which is interesting because you always hear about Northern Brewer. Type this into hoplist.com. Southern Brewer is the parent of Southern Promise. Southern Brewer was developed in the early 1970s after the primary South African hop variety at the time, Golden Cluster, was devastated by black root rot. Ooh. Uh, uh, it is the result of an open pollinated, open pollinated cross of Fuggle, and Fuggle we know is uh, from uh, the UK, and there's a lot of English ales. Uh, Southern Brewer is used primarily for bittering, and is not considered to be particularly distinguished in either aroma or flavor. Uh, Southern Brewer did not do well with relatively limited hours of sunlight and require, uh, required supplemental grow lighting. Uh, this made the variety considerably more expensive to produce. The development and introduction of Southern Promise and Otaniqua solved uh, much of that issue. So it's mainly used for bittering. Its alpha acid composition is 5.6 to 12%. Uh, and that's it. That's all we have for that hop. It's an interesting sounding hop in terms of what it needed to to grow. But um, nonetheless, um, probably something you're not going to find in uh, in anything that yet and anything that you have lately. One thing I wanted to share with you guys real quick before I continued the show was my daughter is now babbling at a at a rate that is just it's crazy, right? And the other night <clears throat> I wanted to go to sleep uh, and my wife was already asleep, but I was watching the baby and it was about 12:30 at night. I was really really tired. It was Tuesday and I just fed the baby 
And she looked like she was ready to go to sleep. She was doing the drowsy eye thing. And I was like, this is great. We're all going to go to bed now. It's going to be wonderful. And all of a sudden, she just, eyes were wide open and she was screaming. Not like a like a bad scream, but like her babble scream. And I want to share it with you guys now. Let me see if I could, um, hang on. So it, you may be startled and it may sound like that the child is struggling in some way, shape or form, but she is not. She is just, she's just, I put her in her jumper to try to burn out some energy and she just starts jumping and screaming. I'm just sitting there. She's jumping away. She's reaching up for the stuff that's on the jumper. Isabella? Uh, how you doing? So that that screaming went on for another hour and a half. And I, I, I think the reason I wanted to share this was I thought it was extremely cute. Because that's another thing that happened, right? I was very tired. I talked about this before, how people are like, you, you're never going to sleep again. You're doing the doom crying thing. But yeah, I was tired. I wanted to go to sleep. Jesus, this is dark. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, I was tired. I wanted to go to sleep. But this was really precious and cute. And she's babbling, having a great time. And who am I to? Holy fuck. Sorry about that. This just hit me like a ton of bricks. This is... um. This is 8.3%. Stout brewed with natural flavors. Big, gruesome chocolate peanut butter stout. So we're going to drink this during the beer news. And see if we like it. Okay. Um, beer news. Oh, oh, shit. I'm sitting here saying, why is it so low in my ear? And it's because of, huh, I can't hear out of the left ear. I'm like, where is everything? Jesus. So this is a recurring theme on this show a little bit, and I don't want to sound redundant, but we got a little bit more drama coming with Anheuser-Busch right now. Two things have happened. They have decided to go into a partnership with the Craft Brew Alliance, which is located mainly on the West Coast. Uh, it, it consisted of... I believe four or five craft breweries out there. I don't have the names offhand, but again, like I said last time, I'm not rooting for people to fail here. You know, if, you do, if you're doing well, you're doing well. But again, this is InBev, you know, muscling in. Th th that's the thing that I kind of have the problem with, <clears throat> excuse me, is when they muscle in, when they, when they push the boundaries. I read that article last week, what they did with Shinerbach, or, or, or yeah, Shinerbach, where they were, saying there's a new Bach in town here in Shiner, and they were like, come and take it, motherfuckers, you know, and it was pretty badass. But now on VinePair.com here, <coughs> Anheuser-Busch uh, is sparking feuds all over the place. Uh, this They allude to um, the Shiner Bach uh, thing uh, in this article as well, but um, this is something that happened. An Oregon-based brew pub called Flattail uh, Brewing took issue with Ten Barrel Brewing Company because they used their exact slogan of "damn good beer," spelled D-A-M, right? And what call it? 
they Ten Barrel, which is owned by InBev, Ten Barrel Brewing Company, which is owned by InBev. Not only did they steal the tagline, but they took a semi truck, okay, painted the semi truck with the <clears throat> the name, the slogan itself, and the colors of the brewery Flat Tail. This sounds absolutely fucking nuts, right? It sounds downright just criminal that they would do something like this, but they did, right? There it is. It says, damn good beer and a fucking, like an 18-wheeler, whatever the fuck you call this thing, 10-barrel brewing company, obviously just an in-breath thing. And it says, Flattel, they responded by saying, you know, it's no secret that you could steal a lot of intellectual property when you got that sweet, sweet Anheuser-Busch money. But seriously, 10-barrel brewing, do you have to drive it past our brew house? Can't wait to get a cease and desist for using our own slogan, XOXO. Um, flat tail Dave. And they responded by saying, Oh, sorry, we had no idea that you guys were using the tagline. We're just stoked at our new partnership with Oregon State. Uh, you know, guests, great minds think alike, Jay. And then they responded, Flat Tail responded with a a banner, the flat tail banner that says damn good beer, and all the employees flipping off the camera, rightfully so, giving a pretty solid fuck you to Anheuser-Busch and to specifically 10 Barrel Brewing for being so blatantly fucked up and stealing their shit. Just just flat out stealing their shit. And then they go on to talk about what they did in Shiner, Texas with the Shiner Bach people and the response of Shiner Bach in the, in the Shiner uh, Gazette, right? And, you know, it's crazy is because InBev, they, like Anheuser-Busch is, is they're not saying for people not to do this. They're not inspiring, inspiring, but they're not, what's the word I'm looking for here? They're not telling their people to, to, to stand down on this shit. No, they fucking, they, they're, they're letting them do it. It's, it's free range right now, you know? And I don't know if I talked about this last week, but the, uh, the founders, founders brewing settled with, uh, with that guy, uh, Ethan Thomas, I think his name was Ethan Evans. And uh, he issued, you know, a statement on their website, adjoined with an apology from founders. So that that little controversy is over. But nonetheless, here you have a company, a big conglomerate company, you know, that has a ton of fucking money and pull. And they're moseying in and, and fucking with these craft breweries. And, you know, it's funny because, yeah, I'm not going to root for people to fail because I know that a lot of, um, whatchamacallit, that a lot of people are affected by that when the people lose jobs and stuff like that. But, you know, when, when you see a craft brewery responding with pretty much a fuck you, I mean, Shiner Box said, come and take it. And these guys at Flat Tail literally put their logo, their bannered logo with the name, with the with, with their slogan and put the fuck you on there, you know, by basically flipping off the, the people that were stealing their shit. I'm all for that. Fuck fucking Anheuser-Busch and anyone who's trying to mosey in on people. It's... It's one thing if an organization or a company says, you're offering me this sum of money, you want my beer, you want my brand, I'm selling it to you. That's voluntary. You know, that's the choice of the individual who put in 10 years maybe or more, the blood, sweat, and tears and the hard work that goes into brewing, especially on a large scale. Fine. That's fine. But when you got people that are just hardworking individuals and these sons of bitches come in trying to fucking boss over with their big money. 
then I then it's it, you you know you have fair game to say go fuck yourselves at that okay. Anheuser Busch, fuck yourselves. But if you do if you do want to buy this podcast for the sum of six million dollars, I will sell to you. Um, you know, I will gladly uh, sign the dotted line. J.K. This podcast will never go away. It just can't. All right, let's do the beer review, huh? Nope, that's Mount Rushmore music. All right, so yeah, I already told you what I'm drinking here. This stout, uh, the big, gruesome cocoa stout. Uh, so let me read a little bit about it. It's a year-round release here. It's the chocolate peanut butter stout, 8.3 or 8.5 ABV here on the site, 8.3 on the can. Creamy, malty, and full-bodied. Big, gruesome stout is scary good. The intense, roasty flavor comes from two types of chocolate malt and raw cocoa nibs. Is it cocoa or cocoa? Chocolate. It's chocolate, right? Uh, the stout is then aged in whole vanilla beans, and more raw cocoa nibs are, are, are added to enhance the chocolate flavors. Rich peanut butter is introduced throughout the entire brewing process to make this stout even more gruesome. So... It poured just a pitch black color into the glass. Not too much of a head, but it was a a brown head. You know, that that white is not there at all. You can't see through the glass whatsoever. It's completely black. You know, even when I try to, like, get it close to the tip of the glass here, I do a little, like, tilt. It is just dark through and through. It's like a can of Coca-Cola. I get a nose on it. There is this, there is this, like, hold on. There is a very rich chocolate aroma to it. I mean, really chocolatey. Slight coffee, but um, hang on. It's like a it's like a hot chocolate chocolate smell. It's a sweet sweet chocolate smell, and there's a vanilla uh, aspect to the aroma as well. But when I take a taste, it is just. It's not a very full-bodied stout. They say that it's a it's a big it's a big. Oh, sorry about that. Virus threat protection summary is here, and I shall not read it now. They say it's a very big beer in terms of the flavor here, and the the mouth feel is very light. The roastedness is there. There's like a metallic taste there, which is, eh, you know, I'm not I'm not crazy about it. Trying to find a date on the on the beer here, I can't find it. Uh, but it's the first time I've seen it in Beverage Island, so I'm assuming it's it's quite fresh. Not getting as much chocolate as you get in the aroma. You know, it's got a it's got a good roasty taste to it, but it quickly turns into this this weird, almost tangy flavoring. And um, but then when it, it mellows out, I'm not getting any peanut butter at all. There's no peanut butter whatsoever. So, in terms of the flavors, roasted malt, rich chocolate flavor, no alcohol burn whatsoever. That's good, being that it's a high eight. Um, but it's just malty. Uh, it, it's not terrible, but I'm not. I'm and, and it's not overly. It doesn't. The chocolate doesn't come through as much as it does on the nose, which can be disappointing to some people who maybe want something a little bit more sweet. Having the tiramisu or birthday munchies from Killsboro and then having the Halterman stout and then following it up with this one. Those other ones are much better. So let me try to give this one a score and a fair score, a fair drink, beer drinker score. So you're looking at this gruesome, right? It's supposed to be real gruesome. Chocolate peanut butter stout. 
it's going to get a 4.7. And I think that's a fair score because I'm not getting any peanut butter. I'm not getting any, I'm not getting the chocolate that I get on the nose that I would want, you know, like when I, when you smell this beer, you're like, wow, this is going to be a nice, delicious beer. But the mouthfeel is just too, it's, it's too acidic. Is that the word I'm looking for? It's just, it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't have a warmth to it. It doesn't have like a, a, a thickness to it that you would want. You'd want a little bit more of a thicker mouthfeel with a stout like this. This drinks more like a porter uh, than it does a stout. And, you know, it, 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 that some people prefer a, like the mouthfeel of a porter or the dryness of a porter over over some stouts and imperial stouts. But uh, this one just doesn't move me, you know. It's not terrible. I mean, I'm going to drink this one. I'm going to enjoy the second one. But a 4.7, I think, is a fair score giving, uh, given what... Uh, what the presentation here is, you know, what what I was expecting and what I got. It looked great pouring it out. It looked like it was going to be real good. Uh, I had a great run with stouts, but you know what? Not all stouts are, are made alike. You know, and you can see that here right now. Um, and, and you, you know, what are you going to do? But, hey, you can't win them all, right? Babe Ruth didn't hit a home run every single time. But, ladies and gentlemen, that's our show for the week. I really appreciate that you joined us. I'm not going to catch you next week Next week because I'm going to be in Aruba. I hope that I can get a nice uh, Cuban cigar while I'm down there. And hopefully they're available and affordable. But I do love that you guys uh, tuned in this week. I, my, my numbers are absolutely through the fucking roof with this show. I really appreciate everyone who tunes in week in and week out. We're getting, we're getting so many listeners, and it's really fantastic. I appreciate it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I'm not going to catch you next week, but I'll catch you the following week. And I'm going to let you know how the beer tasted because I'm definitely going to have it before the show. And maybe even I'll review it on the show. And I promise you I'll give it a fair score, a beer drinker score. Thank you all for listening here at Three Beers In. And I'm going to catch you next time, everybody. Have a great weekend and cheers, all right?